Today's podcast is brought to you by Weather Optics. See weather differently. Find them on Twitter at Weather Optics or online at weatheroptics.net. Let's go. Hey guys, welcome back to episode number five of A Man in a Van. I'm your host, Josh Brooker. It's August 5th, and I'm currently in Minneapolis. Uh, my dad left last night. We had a really great week going from Seattle to uh, Rapid City, South Dakota, but now we got to move on. Um, on today's episode, I have Alana McGee, who I actually saw in a Vice video back in high school, my senior year. Um, she is a truffle hunter operating in the Pacific Northwest, specifically the Seattle area. And she took me out for around two hours truffle hunting, and it was so cool. Her dog is really smart, and we were able to find a few truffles, even though it's not quite the season. Um, she's kind of there to spread the awareness that these products are here and that we have them in America and that American truffles are high quality and should be used in restaurants and for personal consumption. Um, she has a real respect for the product, and I think that comes with how much effort and work she puts into actually going out and finding this stuff and what she's doing with her company the truffle dog company is really cool she's training dogs all around the area or anyone who wants to come to her and get training she'll do it and so she's got a lot of dogs that she's trained going around the pacific northwest finding these truffles and it's almost like a renaissance in using fresh good american ingredients i think when people think truffle they associate it with europe places like Croatia, Italy, Slovenia, but we have them right here and they're really high quality. I use them to cook. She actually let me keep some. They were amazing. Um, she's also just a really interesting woman and helped me out a lot with planning interviews. So without further ado, here's Alana. I am here with Alana McGee from the Truffle Dog Company and we are currently on site. Where are we? We are about an hour north of Seattle, up in the woods. Mm -hmm. And we just got done with a morning of truffle hunting with uh, actually a lot of success for the season. Yeah, it was pretty good. So it's not really the time of year we normally go hunting because mm -hmm. we're in, you know, July right now. Um, but we found a few, which is great, which mm -hmm. is awesome. And actually pretty quickly, too, which is which is awesome. Yeah. So why truffles? So why truffles? <laughs> um, it's like treasure hunting. So it's super fun. Um, it's something that uh, I do with my dogs and it's a really fun way to like get outside and just kind of be in nature. Um, and um, I really like it because we actually train other people to do this with their own dogs too. And so it's being able to like share that experience with mm -hmm. other people is really fun. They're also fun to eat. Yeah, they so, are. <laughs> so um, it's kind of like treasure hunting that you get to then like cook with and share with friends and stuff like that. So that's really fun. Yeah. And so like when and why did you start this? Yeah. So I've been doing this for about 10 years now. So it's been a while. Um, and I got into this originally because I had a dog who needed a job. He was really high energy and I learned that we had, 
um, there were truffles like in the Northwest, but when I started doing this, there was nobody really in Washington doing it at all. Yeah. So there was a small kind of set of people doing it in Oregon, but I was like, hey, if they're doing it there, then it, we have the same habitats. They're likely in Washington, there just aren't people out doing it. So I trained my first dog to do it. Um, and then as we started learning how to do it, we learned there's actually, um, in addition to wild hunting, which is what we started doing, there are people who grow some of the uh, European types of truffles, truffles on farms. And um, that was kind of like an industry and there was a niche there that was going unfulfilled of people with dogs being able to locate them. So I kind of came at it from that angle too. And that's when it really started snowballing. And so we started um, teaching the dogs to do it in an agricultural sense on those farmed places. Um, and then that kind of just moved everything along. And then, um, about five, six years ago, um, people started really just being interested in like doing this with their own dogs for fun. And so we started teaching other people how to do it. And mm -hmm. it's been a really fun kind of journey and it's evolved over the years. Um, but it's been really fun. Yeah. Well, obviously when you think truffle, you think, uh, like Northern Italy, places like Croatia, Slovenia, yeah. um, but it's amazing that we're able to cultivate them here in the U.S. But yeah. what's what's tough is that not a lot of American chefs, and we talked about this earlier, yeah. using them and know about them or respect their quality. So in your opinion, how do we sort of change that and how do we get people to start thinking about using American truffle? Yeah, so... American truffles are kind of broken into two categories. So you're right. So there's the kind that are being farmed, which are similar to the kind in Europe. But when we're talking about um, chefs not really knowing about or how to use our wild native truffles, I think a lot of it comes down to education. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we really try to do is to take a lot of chefs out and get to experience it themselves. And not just chefs, but the entire like restaurant staff yeah. to really understand, you know, where do these come from, have a connection to the place also how to do it sustainably so that you can make that connection between like what you're actually harvesting with your hands, really like forest to fork kind of mentality. So part of it I think comes down to education and, and part of it is getting really good quality products to people. Mm -hmm. A lot of the truffles, a lot of the wild truffles that people still get, um, like if chefs have them or people try them on the East Coast, they're not found by dogs. And so there's a really big quality difference when mm -hmm. you do that. So uh, still probably about 80% of the wild truffles that are sold in restaurants are not found by animals. And so they're they're found by via raking. And what happens with that is kind of twofold. One, it can be very damaging to the environment. Um, when people rake, they just like rip away the whole top layer of the forest and don't replace it. And that can be really damaging. Um, the other thing is you'll get, when people do that, you take all the truffles out of the environment. So some of them are ripe and some of them are not. And so when the chefs get them, they get this really mixed bag of quality and they're like, oh, these don't smell like anything. And that's really all truffles are, are like mm -hmm. aroma bombs. Yeah. So if they're not, if they don't have great aroma, then there's really not a lot of value to them. And so a lot of chefs throughout the U.S. who've had Pacific Northwest truffles that haven't had this kind of like intimate experience with them don't necessarily have a great opinion of them because they haven't had really good quality stuff in the past. So yeah. part of what we try to do is just educate people about like what is an actual good quality truffle from this area um, and let them try them and, and like how do you use them because it's going to be a little bit different than how you use the ones from Europe because it's just different flavor profiles. So it's like do you infuse stuff with them? Um, how do you cook with them? Stuff like that. So just it's a lot of education. Yeah, so, I mean, I was lucky enough to see the whole process, but it's clearly a labor of love. Do you think you can explain to my listeners, like, how labor-intensive this truly is? Yeah, so this is a very labor-intensive um, uh, 
industry, I should say. It's a small industry, but um, so in order to find truffles, um, first of all, you really need uh, to find those good quality ones. You need an animal, so you have to train. Most people use dogs. You mm-hmm. can train a pig to do it. There's just very few people who have pet pigs, right? Mm-hmm. Who ha- can do that. But so you have to put the time and energy into training an animal to do it, and then actually harvesting the truffles like we did today. We were out for we were out for almost two hours actually, and yeah, it's not the right season. But we found like a handful. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just really time intensive. You can go out and spend um, a couple of hours out and only find a few truffles. And that is not necessarily, they're not necessarily as valuable as people think sometimes. And so you have to find really like a lot to be able to yeah. sell. And just because you find a truffle doesn't mean that it's going to be sellable either. It needs to be really nice and pretty. Um, and we, we take all the truffles and do like a grading process with them too. So if it doesn't meet a certain like quality standard, we're not going to sell it to anybody. Yeah. So it's just, it's really time intensive. It's labor intensive. Cause so like we did that harvesting here, the dogs can only work for a couple hours at a time. Um, so we did all that harvesting. What we would do then is take them home and clean them and then you'd grade them and then you would take them out to a restaurant and sell them. So it's, it's a, it's not a short process. And yeah. and the other thing that's tricky about truffles is they have a really short shelf life. So you have to do all of that in a really short time period, like a day. Mm-hmm. So we've been working with chefs to try and, um, kind of coach them through like tell us what you want and we'll go harvest it and and do that um so we can get you truffles next day but like i don't want to be sitting on a truffle for you know multiple days because they lose aroma over time and their quality degrades so Mm -hmm. we try to make it as fresh as possible when we give it to people so it's just it's a really kind of labor and time intensive um process just Mm because they have such a short shelf life so because different truffles are, are different right so the ones we found today are um they're native black truffles so they kind of have fruity aromas right so kind of the flavor profile is sometimes when you find them in the woods you get like that jolly rancher smell like green apple or pineapple is something people say and then sometimes they go to like a cake batter and chocolatey notes and then blue cheese and then after that they go downhill very fast so Mm -hmm. that's kind of like the aromas you get off of them and the ones we found today were super fruity Mm-hmm. So that's good. It means they're su- they're going to hold up really well, and they'll be really nice. Yeah. Um, um, what's the future of truffle hunting in America? That is a very good question. Um, truffle hunting in America, I think, as more and more people are doing this, um, partly as like a fun hobby. So there's a lot. Of, so we're in the Northwest. Um, we have a lot of truffles around here, and a lot of people really like hiking and and being outside with their dogs. And so, as like a like a fun sport, I think mm-hmm. it's growing pretty rapidly. Like we've seen with students, it's been doubling like year on year how many people are interested in this just for fun, yeah. which has been fun to watch. Um, but part of that then is it puts an onus on us to teach everybody how to do it sustainably and really in like a gentle way on the environment. Like we don't want people going out and just like taking all the truffles out of place or you know damaging the forests, right? So. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, being, teaching people how to be conscientious about it and going forward, I think is going to be important. Um, and then also there's other places in the U S that have truffles. And as this people kind of like learn about it as a sport, they start doing it in these other places, like on the East coast or like in Georgia and Tennessee. Mm. And there are wild truffles out there. There just aren't very many people with trained dogs out in those areas looking yet. And so 
what's been really fun is as we've had students in these places start to go out and like just like hike around they start finding stuff and then that actually helps the science side of it too because scientists are like oh my god you've been finding things out here we had no idea that this existed out here so that's been super 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 cool and like there are there's something called a pecan truffle which is found all over the eastern seaboard but particularly like in the south and in florida and stuff um, but they're up in New Hampshire and Massachusetts and all over really? there. Yeah. So it's just, it's a matter of, it's a matter of getting like trained dogs enough out there to like look at the right times of year, which we're still all figuring out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but so that's cool. And then the other side of it is truffle hunting. Um, from a commercial standpoint, um, there's those farms we were talking about that are growing truffles and those farms that were all planted like 10 years ago are now starting to actually produce truffles. So there's starting to be a little bit of an industry around that. I mean, I, I kind of equate it to like the wine industry in the 1940s, like it's just starting out. So yeah. it's real small still, but we're starting as growers and, you know, service providers in that industry, we're all starting to get together and really create you know, organizations around it. So it's a cool time to be a part of it. And it's been really interesting kind of watching and helping this whole thing kind of grow and build. But um, it's going to be fun to see where it goes. It's definitely going to be something that people do, I think, a lot more for, like, fun hobby kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the commercial side of it is still really pretty limited. Um, but it's definitely, easy, like, it's easily accessible for people to start, like, training their dogs to do it, like, around their house. And then it's just, like, a fun game to play. And it's a really great way to like be hiking with your dog and and build kind of that relationship with your dog and stuff so that's fun yeah so with your training have you noticed that it's more people looking to do it recreationally like that or people looking for commercial opportunities yeah so it's a little column a and a little column b so there are um a lot of people who are just interested in it for like building relationships with their dog something fun to do um there are people we get requests all the time and people who are interested in doing it commercially what I try to caution them with is it's really hard to make a full-time living doing something like this. The industry just isn't in a place to really support. Um, there's not a ton of money in it. Is that specific that. to America? Um, yeah, you know what? The harvesters in Europe, um, and I have a lot of colleagues over there who do this, but like it's it's agriculture. So it's harvesting prices are very different. So the price that you're paying for that Alba truffle um, that you would buy in like New York City is vastly different than the people that are finding it like in the fields in in central Italy You know, they get they get a fraction of that and they're just finding them in such quantities that it makes it viable, right? Um, but they don't and while those truffles are super expensive the, the actual harvesters who are doing it get very very little out of that So it's very similar here. It's just like harvesting any other kind of like wild product. It's it's not the money maker, I think, that people go into it mm-hmm. thinking it is. People are like, oh, truffles, they're super expensive. I'm yeah. going to make a lot of money doing this. The reality of the situation is, is a lot of what you find you can't sell. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we just try to not discourage people from doing it because I don't at all. We're here to help support anyone who's interested in doing that. But be very realistic about what your expectations are going into it. Um, people, yeah, people are like, oh, my God, I'm going to be able to retire and do all that stuff. And I'm like, that's not a realistic expectation. Yeah. I think so. a lot of people, when they eat truffles, sort of take it for granted. They don't really understand it. So what would yeah. you want people to think about when they sit down for a meal and they're eating an amazing product like this truffle? That's a really, really good question. And not one I've actually ever been asked before. Um, I think that something that I think is really important and I think that people should kind of think about is the whole sourcing chain. Like, how yeah. does it get there? Um, and like we were talking about... 
you know, like the harvesters in Italy get such a fraction of that price point, but like, where is it coming from? Mm -hmm. And if it's our native truffles, always ask your chefs, you know, were, were these found by dogs? And, and that's how you change the industry and how you get chefs and people to really like, like, and respect a product too, is for the people who are consuming them to really be educated about what it is that, the, that they're eating and kind of demand that high quality stuff. But yeah, when someone's sitting down to have truffles on, no matter where you are and no matter what kind of truffle it is, I mean, just think about, you know, where it came from, like sense of place. How did it get there? You know, how many people did it have to go through in order to get to you? And in the case of a lot of the truffles, it's usually quite, quite a, it's like a long, it's a long supply chain yeah. to get to where it's going usually, which is what's so cool about what we do is because it's just like we, we harvest them with the dogs and then we take them, we drive them right to the chef. <laughs> so it's very like, it's immediate, right? Yeah. But that's, you know, that's not always the case. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, yeah. I think so. that goes along with a lot of stuff I've talked about before with um, not just truffle, but with everything. We yeah. should be respecting and understanding where these things are coming from and how they're made and mm -hmm. how it affects the people who are finding or producing them. And the environment. Like, how, mm -hmm. how is that stuff being being harvested? I mean, and I think with native truffles, that's that's the big thing is asking, you know, were these found by dogs? Because inherently dogs tend to be a more gentler way to, to harvest them. Yeah. Um, and so just being educated about that and, you know, demanding quality and kind of sourcing, mm -hmm. I think is important. Same like you would for like seafood and stuff yeah. like that too, yeah. you know? So I think that that's, and people are getting more aware, I think in all kind of food industries with stuff like that. But I think it's really important. Yeah. You guys are lucky out here. There's like a really strong food culture and people care. And, um, Hopefully that starts to spread to the bigger cities and to other parts of the country because there's so much amazing farmland and there so many are. amazing products that come out of this country that get undervalued and underused. There are, and there's a lot of local stuff too. I mean, there's a lot of innovation in that too. So even in even in cities, I mean, there's people doing all kinds of, you know, vertical agriculture mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I mean, and just, I would say, you know, try to understand where you're getting stuff from and support your local farmers and producers and um, cause it's really, you know, it really supports the whole ecosystem around there and everything mm -hmm. when you do that. So, yeah. and it's local and so it's a it's a lesser kind of environmental footprint too when yeah. you can do that, which is nice. Well, I have a corny question that yeah. I like to wrap up with. Always. <laughs> where is Alana and where is the truffle dog company in five years from now? Oh, very good question. <laughs> That's a hard one. That's always a hard <laughs> one for me. Yeah. Um, so I love doing this. I really, really do. Um, one of my favorite things is being able to take people out in the woods and be able to experience this for themselves and like running small events so that people can just be exposed to it. So I see us doing more and more of that kind of stuff and just education around it. Um, Truffle Dog Company, you know, I think we're going to be doing the same kind of stuff, taking people out. Um, you know, I hope that well, and we are, but I hope that even more so we can be a support network for people who do want to help this industry grow, mm -hmm. whether that's on the commercial side or people just like doing it for fun and sport. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're well on our way to do that, but I just, uh, you know, we want to be able to support everyone who's interested in doing this. And so, um, you know, we'll be around. We're not, we're not planning on going anywhere. <laughs> so we'll be here. Um, and it will be a bigger, a bigger and better community. Um, and that's one thing we're really big on is trying to build community around all of this. So, um, we'll be here having fun, taking people out in the woods. So it's yeah. certainly an amazing place to live and work. Yeah. yeah it's very pretty. I yeah. love it. 
it's a, almost like a culture shock since I've been on the West Coast. The, everybody's been so friendly and everything's so nice and beautiful and the weather's temperate. It's just been perfect. It's nice. though. You know, we like it out here for a reason. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's good. Yeah, well... Thank you so much for taking me out. Thank you so much for sitting down and talking to me. And uh, for those who don't know, Alana helped me out with a lot of interviews. So I owe her a big <laughs> thank you. That's cool. <laughs> Happy to help. All righty. Cool. Thanks. Bye. All right, guys. That was Alana McGee. Huge shout out to her. She was super helpful with uh, this trip and really helped me along the way. So I appreciate that. Moving forward, I'm wrapping up this trip kind of soon. We're sort of in the home stretch. I'm in Minneapolis now. I'll be in Chicago Friday, and then the following Friday I'm done. I don't have all of my interviews planned out yet, but I will have a couple friends on, and I think I have one coming up tonight in Minneapolis, so stay tuned. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you next week. Why?